Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Headlines around the world and the President of the United States declared yesterday that the war in Afghanistan is officially over. That's the headline. Is there anything else behind it? Uh, let's find out. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. As we noted yesterday, President Biden addressed the nation for the fifth time in about two weeks, proclaiming that the war in Afghanistan is now officially over. He defended his decision to withdraw. He praised the mission as a success and outlined diplomacy as the pathway forward. So what does it all mean? What does it say about the leader of the free world? What does it say about our allies and alliances around the world? And I want to break that down and, and dig into that just a little bit deeper today. Uh, yesterday, I made the comment that I was really rooting for the president yesterday. Like I was all day long, I was really thinking, I hope the president nails this speech. And I hope his staff is properly prepared. So I want to go behind the scenes just a little bit. Uh, when you look at this kind of speech and the kind of preparation it takes, the messages that you're sending to Americans, to members of the military, to people inside of Afghanistan, to our allies around the world, you have a lot of audiences. So, of course, you're never going to satisfy everybody in terms of these this kind of speech. However, there are a number of things in terms of the disciplines of a speech and the framing of a speech that I think matter often more than the words or the length of the text. And as I rooted for the president yesterday, uh, in the end, I was I was deeply disappointed and disappointed a little bit that the president ended up delivering the address the way that he did it. Uh, and I was very frustrated with his staff who uh, allowed him to to deliver what he delivered the way he delivered it, because I don't think it met the moment. Uh, that's the thing that I think frustrated me the most. Uh, there are things that, of course, praising the military, praising all of those who who did successfully evacuate 120,000 uh, individuals. That is enormous. That is uh, deserves our highest praise, to be sure. There were a number of things that that bothered me, though. It was almost as if the speech was really just cut and pasted from his previous four speeches. And I actually went back and listened to this. I talked to this. I talked with Jeff Kaplan about this in the afternoon yesterday uh, that you can actually tell as a speechwriter, you can tell when someone has copied and pasted significant portions of one speech into another speech. 
because you you have what is called a false finish to the speech. And it's because you have speech A obviously has a finish to it. Uh, and then it picks up again with speech B and part speech B, of course, would have a finish to it. Uh, and yesterday there were four false finishes. And you can actually go back to his previous four speeches and you can see where they just lifted it and inserted it. Same line, same text, same flow, same finish. And then it would pick up at the beginning of the next speech. Uh, and that's a that's a lazy speech writer. And that's a, a lazy way to get to a message. I was also really frustrated yesterday. I was hoping the president would be positive. I was hoping the president would have a little bit of humility. I was hoping the president would express a little more gratitude to the, the people of Afghanistan, uh, especially to the 66,000 members of the Afghan forces who gave their lives over the last 20 years. Uh, but the, it wasn't there. Uh, he was angry and defiant. He was defensive on a number of things that, again, just didn't seem to match the moment. Uh, so I want to go through just a couple of these real quick today to just kind of get some framing. Again, what happens behind the scene? What's the message? And then, of course, where are we going to go from here? So first, President Biden made the case uh, again and said the decision to end the uh, military lift operation was unanimous. It was part of his advisors. Everybody was on the same page. And I was not extending a forever exit. The decision to end the military lift operations at Kabul airport was based on the unanimous recommendation of my civilian and military advisors, the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and all the service chiefs and the commanders in the field. So, again, kind of creating the framing there it was really critical for the president. Uh, then he then he kind of got into this space that just didn't quite ring true to me, and he didn't seem to quite have a full grasp of it as he talked about those who were still in Afghanistan, Americans, uh, some who wanted to stay, and then just talking about some of the numbers, human lives, in a way that uh, didn't quite ring true to me. Now we believe that about 100 to 200 Americans remain in Afghanistan with some intention to leave. Most of those who remain are dual citizens, longtime residents who had early decided to stay because of their family roots in Afghanistan. The bottom line, 90 percent of Americans in Afghanistan who wanted to leave were able to leave. In a life or death death situation, you never refer to people as a percentage. Uh, to say 90% of Americans got out um, is offensive to me because each of those is not a percentage. Each of those is an individual. And actually, later in the day, uh, the White House did walk back that 90% number as well uh, as not being quite accurate either. Uh, but I wasn't so worried about the accuracy of the number. I was more concerned about the callousness of the percentage. Uh, each of those is a human some of those were very young. Some of those were young girls. Some of those were children. Uh, some of those were our allies. And many of those are our citizens. And so I was a little disturbed by that. I think that was uh, not well executed by the president or his staff in bringing that together. Uh, and then the president got very defiant uh, and really did went back to a mantra they've been on for a little while, which is blaming 
President Trump with for the deal with the Taliban and that that presented them with only two choices. And that is a classic false choice. It's a false premise to make a decision on. Take a listen. My predecessor had made a deal with the Taliban. When I came into office, we faced a deadline, May 1. The Taliban onslaught was coming. We faced one of two choices. Follow the agreement of the previous administration and extend it to have or extend to have more time for people to get out. Or send in thousands of more troops and escalate the war. Uh, that's a that's a false choice. Uh, he obviously shown on a host of other things that uh, he was not bound by things that President uh, Trump did during his administration. And to believe that you were bound by an agreement with the Taliban uh, just didn't hold water or ring true either. Uh, so while there are things that uh, are great positives, um, I thought the president missed the moment in his message. I thought his staff let him down in terms of his preparation to deliver that This should have been and could have been a moment to unite the nation. It could have been a moment to reconnect with our allies around the world and to send a signal uh, to our enemies as well. And I think on this particular issue, again, Republican, Democrat, Independent, regardless of where you fall, I think the administration missed the moment. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.